What's going on, people? This is your boy, Michael O, your chief motivational officer. Listen, I am excited to bring you a brand new podcast, Moving Mountains, hosted by myself. Find me on Spotify, find us on iTunes, find us on YouTube. Connect with us, Moving Mountains Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Moving Mountains Podcast. I'm your host, Michael O. So this week's episode is a continuation. It is part two of last week's episode where I'm sharing with you some side hustles and investment opportunities. I'm already in too deep with this one already. So let's go. But the seventh thing on this list for me is index funds. This is for me one of the most low risk options out there. It is very um, difficult to lose on this option. And I say that because, you know, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago as one of the investment strategies that I actually love and enjoy. Essentially, an index fund is a collection of investments. It's a collection of investments that you can put your money into and own a percentage of the whole thing. So, it offers fantastic diversification. Let me give you an example, right? Let's say you want to put, say, £1,000 into Apple stocks. You choose Apple, for example. You, you know, they're a big company. You trust them. You know they're going to make money and all of that stuff. The moment you buy Apple stocks, Samsung comes out and says Apple have stolen their designs, right? And so there's all this big beef in the news. And then their um, their Apple, Apple stocks start to plummet and you start to lose majority of your investment. This is where index funds come in because you could have put the same £1,000 into an S&P 500, for example, which has a small collection of all of these blue blue chip stocks like Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook or Meta, as they call it now, Disney, Visa and a load more of these companies. And then you become a small shareholder of all of them. So if something happened to Apple stocks, as I just gave the example of, that will be balanced out by all of the other um, all of the other stocks that are on the portfolio, right? So you your chances of losing money is very greatly reduced. With S&P 500, you have a round about 2.5 to 4% return of, on your investment every year because it's it's balanced out um, by the losses and the gains from all of the stocks put together, right? So, but it's steady, right? It's steady. It is something that you know is coming every year around this sort of this sort of figure, and you're able to plan and build your life on it. You can dollar cost average into investing in it. It's something that I'm going to mention. I'll explain dollar cost averaging a bit more when I start talking about crypto a little bit later in this episode. But dollar cost averaging is where you're investing a, a set amount of money each week or each month into the platform. So if you if if you're putting say maybe five hundred pounds every month, obviously over a period of time, you do that for the next five to ten years. You're laughing, right? Because you've been compounding 4% every year over the last few years. And as you keep adding to the pod, that the compound interest builds up. Compound interest is a beautiful thing. You know, as as Einstein said, compound in interest is the ninth wonder of the world. So this is something that you should you should absolutely take advantage of. Of course, real estate and property. I mean, this is the most obvious one when we talk about um, when we talk about investment. Um, it's not the easiest for a lot of people because it requires a little bit more financial outlay in terms of the investment um, that may be required to do it. But the, when it when it comes to real estate, it, it all depends on the strategy that you want to go for. There are so many different strategies. I mean, the most obvious ones are either you're going to be a 
a capital a capital gains investor or if you're going to be a cash flow investor the capital gains investor is when you buy a property um you know there's a lot of people who buy properties from from auctions and things like that and they aim to buy the property at essentially an a discount which is below market value they will do it up or they would add some kind of value to it and do something to it that will increase the value and essentially flip it. Um, so that's a capital gains investor or you just buy it um, and you you hold for a certain period of time and then you go ahead and flip it. That's one strategy. Or you can buy it for cash flow purposes, which is you buy it for the for the rental yield, right? I would probably say that I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit of both. I'm not actively out there looking to buy property necessarily just so I can flip it, but I do like to acquire property. My I have I have a rule that I that I use, which is I, I use the one percent rule when it comes to that, which is if if I'm buying a property for a hundred, a hundred thousand pounds, for example, that property needs to be bringing me in at least a thousand pounds a month of course the rental income has to be more than the mortgage payments on it so that there is a profit yield on it after that that's my preferred strategy so that it brings cash flow into it of course naturally as you continue to do that over a certain period of time you typically tend to build equity in the property anyway so you can flip it several years later on for a profit having received a lot of cash flow in the interim. So those are the two most obvious ones. There are other options that I have used to acquire property over the years. I'm going to um, share one of them, which is what I call the lease options, right? And essentially, I take over a property. I don't necessarily buy it. What I essentially do is I look for a distressed seller. Several ways you can you can, you can can find a distressed seller. Um, but I essentially have relationships with estate agents uh, that I've known and worked with for a long period of time. And so when there is a sale, um, when something comes on the property and they know that there is a, with every sale, there's a story behind the sale, right? And so if you look at the story and there is a distressed seller who, for example, somebody's going through a divorce or husband's passed away, for example, you know, spouses passed away they're left with the property they have to pay the mortgage they are unable to do it they want to get rid of the, the mortgage very quickly or even somebody who has lost their job they're behind on their mortgage now finance company is threatening to to, to take the property I come in, I essentially look at what the debt is on the property, for example, um, look at how much equity is left on the property. I see if it makes sense for me. If I'm able to, if I pay off the, if I pay off the debt on the property, I tend to look at what would be left in terms of the equity that's left. I, I calculate that to see if there's a profit in there. If I chose to buy below market value rates that I will agree with this, with this seller, that's one of the ways that I tend to do it. If there's too much debt on the property, essentially, where I'm more than there is equity what i would tend to do is i would pay off the debt i will essentially take over the property um the mortgage essentially not necessarily taking a new finance arrangement out but I, essentially i will start i will become the mortgage payer on behalf of the person and then i will rent out the property for a few years take the cash flow um and, and benefit off of that for a few years and then i will agree a price that i'm going to pay for the property in the future um, with this with this seller so in the in, in the interim essentially the seller is not having to pay the mortgage i'm paying the mortgage well my my, my my tenant really is paying the mortgage but it's no longer the problem of the set of the seller right so i essentially take that off and i would have done this without even having to take a mortgage on this i would just put a lease option agreement between myself and the seller these are some of the ways that you can and when it comes to property there are there are you know this there's also the rent to rent out there which is a, 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 something that's 
also become very popular. It is a little bit tricky, but there are ways to go about it. So property is always a good investment to be able to get involved in. And even if you don't have a huge financial outlay to get involved where you, you know, you don't have 20% or 15, 30% to go and put down as a mortgage, there are some, you can use some of these tricks where you can start start to find distressed sellers. Let's say you only have a, you only have 10,000 and there's somebody who's, you know, behind on their mortgage by 5,000 pounds, the, the finance company is threatening to take the company, um, to take the property away. You can essentially swoop in, come under, a, put them under a lease option agreement, agree a future date for the property, Pay off that five thousand. Give them an extra two thousand or three thousand or five thousand, whatever you tend to. This is all subject to negotiation, right? And it also depends on their state and essentially where it is, where their distress is coming from. And um, you know, the next one, if you're if you're a regular listener on this on my podcast, you know that I love my cryptocurrency. I am a full believer for cryptocurrency, and even despite the fact that at the time of this recording we are going through a huge decline, it is like a bloodbath out there. But you know, sometimes you just have to put you just have to put things in perspective, right? Because um, at the you know, let's take Bitcoin for example. At the peak of Bitcoin, um, which was around November of last of last year. We were looking. We were sitting around about sixty three thousand, sixty three thousand dollars for for Bitcoin, which is pretty, which is pretty insane. I think that's the height that we reached. If you look at the price of Bitcoin today, we're sitting around about twenty one, twenty one to twenty three thousand, depending on when you're listening to this. So that's a third, right, of where we were from an all time high. Unless you think that crypto is done, stocks are done, and the financial markets are done. You best believe this thing is going to bounce back. Like that's simply the cycle. This is the cycle. This has been the cycle for the last nine years. Of course, I'm simply, I'm not telling you you need to go and put your money in cryptocurrency or whatever. I'm telling you, I'm just giving you some information to help you make an informed decision, right? If you look at the last 11, 12 years of the life cycle of cryptocurrency, Whenever there is a Bitcoin halving, which is every, which happens every four years, which will happen again in the next couple of years, there is a bull run. There is a bull run where the prices rally and they go high. Most of the most of the um, the the coins read most of the the crypto coins, cryptocurrencies reach all time highs and financial highs. So we know that. You know, we were looking for a 100K Bitcoin and all of that. We didn't get that on this cycle, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to come. Bitcoin is going to go up to 300, 500, possibly even a million in the next 20 years, right? So consider this. If it is at if it is at a third of its all-time high today, sitting around about 21,000, um, 23,000, whatever it might be, you are able to buy at a third and be able to 5X your money in the next two to four years. I don't know what you've been investing in, but 500% on any returns is a pretty decent amount to be able to get back. I'm not even going to get started in the in the micro caps. Anything in the major cap coins, in the top 50 coins at the moment, is a potential fin- just great financial investment. And this is what I say. I don't even recommend that you, you put a huge sum of money into it. I advise that you dollar cost average. That's what I mentioned earlier. The dollar cost average is where you commit to a, a certain amount that is comfortable with you each week or each month, whether that be a hundred pound, whether that be 500 pound, whether that be 
maybe thousand pounds a month and you put it into a project that you 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 believe in whether that be bitcoin whether that be ethereum whether that be polygon whether that be um whatever it might be i'm at the moment i you know i'm not even going to start talking about the kinds that i'm in, that i'm involved in if you want to know dm me send me a dm sir michael on instagram because i don't necessarily i'm not an advocate for any of these projects they're things that i have researched they're things that i have made money in and look i'm not gonna lie to you i was always very i was one of those people who was always very skeptical about crypto let me tell you how my journey in crypto actually started so uh from 2017 thereabouts i connected with some people in the finance sector big hedge funds who were based in luxembourg switzerland who were buying large who wanted to buy huge 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 um amounts of bitcoin so this was during the time where banks were still against bitcoin right banks and every all of the major financial institutions were still um slamming crypto and they were calling it a joke but behind closed doors they will be coming to people they will be coming to me and my partners and be like listen we want to buy 100 million we want to buy 200 million 500 million worth of worth of bitcoin and we would literally go and find miners um in in where you know wherever and we would broker those deals now my commission would for the most part was paid in in, into my bank account and it got to a point where they stopped paying our commissions into the bank account and they started paying us in bitcoin and i was furious i was absolutely furious right until december of 2017 i went to check my bitcoin wallet and i was like are you serious the amount of money that i had been put that i had um the, from the deals the commission that i had earned over the summer i had essentially two free x by by december of 2017 so it made me start thinking that okay do you know what if they had given me cash i would have probably spent it by now but they put it in bitcoin and of course i didn't know what to do with it but it has increased in value more than i was actually earning for so that made me um start paying close attention to bitcoin um to the point where when there was a discount in 2020 biggest discount uh you know which you know 2020 april march and april 2020 everything was plummeting of course with the impending pandemic that was about to happen all of the markets especially with crypto market it was a bloodbath i got it in good i got it in good authority with some people who i trust they were like listen this is probably one of the best times in your lifetime that you'd be able to pick up these coins at these prices i probably invested about 150k um into some crypto coins and i'm I kid you not within two years 10 to 12x some even more is what i made on it and so now i consider myself a very intentional investor into cryptocurrency I, it's not something that i am um, that i take for granted anymore it's something that i know and understand it is here to stay and so it's something that i take very 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 seriously of course the risk factors are humongous so of course if depending on the kind of person you are um assess your risk crypto is not the only thing that i invest in i invest in all of these other things that i've talked about i invest in s p 500 which is index fund i especially use um vanguard vanguard index funds you, you know take a look into it i have no affiliation with them i just like their variety a little bit more because 
they also give you some international stocks as well. So I like a I, I like a nice diverse portfolio. I don't just want to invest in tech and all of that. I also want to invest in tech. I also want to invest in 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 um, pharmaceuticals. I you know just a, a variety of different things. I don't like to put all my eggs into one basket. I like to have a nice diversif- diversification so that if one sector is plummeting, at least the other sector is going to is going to um cover up for those losses so that's something that you want to you want to you want to do so crypto is not all i invest in i invest in all of these other things that i mentioned number 10 individual stocks i also invest in individual stocks i know i mentioned earlier on that you know it's safer and it's a lot less riskier to invest in index funds because they're a collection of, of of stocks which you own a percentage of the whole fund so they tend to balance out but i am a little bit i have a certain i am one of those investors who has a small appetite for risk i don't like to take risks just for the sake of taking risks i like to take risks on projects that i believe in for the for the i i will risk making a decent profit a lot of stockbrokers tend to use a quantitative analysis when they are assessing which stocks they want to invest in this is where they look at the real value of the company you know the value that you google what comes up it's not necessarily the real value of the company that is the estimated value of the company a lot of a lot of stockbrokers they will look at the balance sheets they will look at the income they will look at the cash flow um, and get a real feel of the finances of the company all of this information is also available on the on the internet you know but for me personally i'm not really a finance guy like that i can't try to digest all of those numbers and try to uh, make sense of it it's not of much interest to me what i tend to do is i do a qualitative um, analysis on a company this is not so much about the numbers as much as it is it's a bit about the numbers but not so much into depth as as the quantitative analysis for me i pers- i look at the abstract qualities that makes a company great so if i look at tesla for example you know there's just something special about them when you from their ceo elon musk right to its community base that they have like they have a real actual fan base right which goes to show the deep connection that it has with its customers that that, that the customers have with it with the actual brand you know i also take into account the future value of the company based on how their technology and products will live in the modern in the modern world right the move to electrical electric cars it's inevitable i am a petrol head through and through i don't i'm not looking for an electric car i'm probably not gonna buy an electric car actually you know what i've been looking at the porsche the porsche taycan um it looks very interesting however i haven't committed to anything yet i still like to hear my screw screw i want to put my foot down and hear i like to hear the growl i love all of that that's the kind of person i am but i am not naive enough to not understand where the future is headed the future is electric that i absolutely know and tesla is literally at the forefront of the industry with the most extensive network of strategies um and they have also the most network extensive network of charging ports up and down the country if you live in the uk there's, there's literally a charging a charging port on every corner um for example um right so for me those are the those are the two strategies that there are i i prefer the latter which i ex- i just explained to you because i'm i am able to understand it a little bit more there are also some people who buy stocks in sectors that they're they're only knowledgeable about right so some people just buy stocks in tech companies or they might do it in just in pharma and pharmaceuticals or, or or healthcare or you know industries that they know and understand maybe because they work in it maybe because they have some background in it personally 
as I mentioned before, I like to have a diversification. I like to have a mixture of all of these. I use pl platforms like Trading212. I use, I use platforms like Free Trade, where you are able to see a bunch of different um a bunch of different stocks and from all the different sectors do your research on the companies that you have an interest in and then you take on you you invest some money in it i have made a bunch of money from tesla as well over the last uh, since the pandemic over the last two years so it has incredibly incredibly paid off i'm talking five six hundred percent return on the investment so it can really pay off it can really pay off ultimately you know at the same time you know i took some profits i left some of the profits in there looking for the future ask me how they're doing right now not very good not very good right so it's a it's a it's an up and down it's an up and down um game Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose only if you sell, right? I know that this is going to bounce back. So this time when everything is plummeting, I'm not selling. I'm happy to wait and, you know, dollar cost average into into it, um, waiting for the, the markets to bounce back. That may be another couple of years. That may be another year or a few months. Who knows? The most important thing is you want to create a financial structure around you where you are not desperate for any of these to bring an immediate return for me i use these as medium to long-term strategies um so i put money that i'm not going to require right now for the next two to five years ideally um and then you know so that i can have some peace of mind i like to invest and go to sleep i don't like to invest and stress and uh, and the last bit of investment that i tend to do which is number 11 this has been a really long podcast um this really long episode so i will probably um I will probably uh, split it into two. So you'll probably listen to the latter part, the second part of this by now, in which case, thank you very much. The last part of, of my investment strategies is private business investments. I liked, people hit me up all the time, wanting me to invest in businesses or their projects that they've got going on. I don't always do it um, because I have in, enough great ideas of my own that require investments. Sometimes if there is something that is appealing to me, in some way, shape or form, I will I will look at it and I will invest. I have a TV distribution business. I've mentioned that before. If you want to know a little bit about my background um, and where I came from in terms of business and entrepreneurship, I've got a video that I've done on YouTube. Go and search Michael O YouTube. It's the very first video that I did about my journey as an entrepreneur and all of that. So you can get a little bit more of a background. So I invested in it. It was an animation company and it was really exciting because I have a TV distribution company. I felt like animation was kind of right up the street from there, even though I didn't have too much experience in that. And so they would essentially create animations for, you know, Alec Monopoly and all of these great brands out there. Um, eventually... I bought the company. I bought the company and I took over the company. Um, and now it's under my portfolio of companies. And at the moment, we are in, we are literally producing an animation for Netflix and hopefully Amazon Prime for next year as well. So these are all great um, developments that have come from a private business investment opportunity that I took quite a few years ago. And so investing in private businesses, investing in people, that is also a great opportunity. Of course, all of these different... Um, strategies that I've given on the on on this podcast, it depends on your financial standing, right? So I've given some that require very little to no financial investment in the beginning, and some that require a little bit, depending on how much we you have. 
Yes, I hope this has been helpful. I know this has been a lot. There's been a lot of information to digest, but that is what I aim to do on this podcast. I want to give you all of the tools that I am that I know or have access to within my circle or my, or, or my 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 world of knowledge to be able to bring to you, so that I can empower you to go out there, make your dreams come true, be your better self, live the best version of yourself, and that is the purpose for Moving Mountains podcast. That is what we're here to do. So take your time. You might need to listen to these episodes over and over and over again to digest see what resonates with you see what you may want to take action on but um obviously I, I will leave that i will leave that with you thank you for sticking with me thank you for keep coming back to the moving mountains podcast make sure if you are listening to this on apple podcast that you leave a review i want to hear from you i want to know how you're enjoying it if you're watching this on youtube by all means do leave a comment make sure you're connecting with us on instagram moving mountains pod underscore Follow myself also, sir.michaelo um, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all of that good stuff. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you. I look forward to connecting from you. I continue to appreciate your feedback. This has been Moving Mountains with Michael O. Motivational Mondays. See you same time next week. All new episodes drops every Monday and Wednesday, available on all platforms.